Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. Today, I'm here with Virginia Walton, and we're going to be talking about finding practical solutions to avoid burnout and still achieve professional and personal success. You are listening to Creating Wellness from Within, a podcast devoted to helping you live your best life through self-care and wellness. In each episode, we strive to offer you actionable advice and tools to help you on your journey towards greater personal wellness. I am your host, Amy Zellmer. I am editor-in-chief of Minnesota Yoga and Life magazine and the Brain Health magazine. Additionally, I have published four books on the topic of brain injury and concussion. I am passionate about yoga, wellness, photography, travel, and all things glittery. You can learn more about me at creatingwellnessfromwithin.com. Today's guest is Virginia Walton, and she is a certified professional coach helping executive women maximize their productivity and avoid burnout. She spent 24 years in the banking and finance industry, starting as a teller at a local community bank and achieving the level of senior vice president by the age of 38. She now runs her own executive coaching and speaking firm, the Family Tree Farm, and serves on several nonprofit and community organizations. So welcome to the podcast, Virginia. Thanks for having me, Amy. I'm excited to be here. <clears throat> and I think this is such a great topic, um, you know, avoiding burnout, but yet, you know, still having a successful personal and professional life. Cause there's definitely, you know, that fine balance that you have to find mm-hmm. between the two. And, um, you know, when you're burnt out, you're not good to anybody. You know, not just yourself, you're not good to your family or your, your clients or any, your friends, anyone. Um, So I'm really excited to hear what you have to share with us and um, some of the tips and tricks that you will share with us today. Okay, great. Well, thanks for having me. Um, You mentioned in my background that I spent 24 years in banking and finance and you know, it, was, it sounds great achieving senior vice president by 38, but um, it was, it, it wore me out. I mean, seriously, there were days uh, we were in an open environment and I would worry that people were going to walk in and go, why is Virginia wearing the same clothes she had on yesterday? Because I had just dropped it at my desk. And that was a horrible feeling. Um And so that's kind of why, as I went out into my own coaching practice, I really want to help women not feel like that because that's awful. Um, I have a question at that time. Were you also perhaps a new mom or no? No. So I don't have any children of my own, but I am one of those believers that um, to whom much is given, much is expected. So as I advanced professionally, I also felt a strong desire to give and serve back to my community. So for, oh my gosh, now that it's 2022, this will be my 12th year um, with our junior field hockey program here in our town. Um, I've been coaching that entire time, kids from kindergarten through eighth grade. And I guess uh, about six years ago, I took on being the volunteer director. So while I don't balance a lot in terms of kids, the year I was promoted, I 
I'd been coaching for years. I stepped up to run the program where two women did it before. Now it was, and they were teachers. So they had summers off and it's a fall sport. I was now doing it by myself. And I also started teaching um, fifth grade religious education at my church. And I, I remember the timing because a colleague of mine goes, seriously, could you just be the director? Like, I go, but they need help. There's nobody stepping up to volunteer and the kids need it. So that was also part of it. So it, it, you know, in addition to my own family journey, um, and I had lost my mom. That's right before I got promoted. I had gotten moved into my new role. I was building out a team, insourcing what we had previously outsourced, biggest promotion of my career. And about three months into it, my mom passed away unexpectedly. Family farm was a financial disaster. A little embarrassing as a banking person. And so, you know, I had all of this happen and I'm an only child. My mom was divorced, so it all fell on me. 60 years worth of stuff and four generations worth of family stuff in the house. And then I got picked for grand jury duty on top of it and lost one day a week for like four months. And as I shared that story with people like at work, they'd be like, oh my God, how did you do it? I'm like, well, one, I didn't have any other choice, right? Like, I mean, I, ideally I would have loved to have just pulled the covers up over my head and stayed in bed with some, a jar of peanut butter and some chocolate and some red wine, but you know, single woman, I got to get up and go to work. Nobody's going to take care of me. And that's kind of what helped me realize one that year taught me how strong I am. So that's the upside of challenges is we all learn our boundaries and I learned, okay, you got a boundary. There's things you got to balance. And um, that really helped me want to help other women. When I would see these reactions, I used to joke, right? Because I was in risk and credit spaces, predominantly male. I was the only mm-hmm. female mm-hmm. SVP in my location. So all the guys were there before me. And they were all about 10 to 15 years older than me. So, right? right. Like constantly feeling like you're going to climb it and prove it. And I remember once I got through all of that, I looked back and I thought, if some of those guys had to deal with what I just went through and right. everything that was tossed at me, they would have wet their pants and sucked their mm-hmm. So that's where I come from. And, um, you know, the program I've built to help executive women with burnout Listen, I've read the books, I've read the articles, you know, I've done the wellness retreats. And they give a lot of great advice, but they don't factor in the reality of corporate America today. And so that's what I try to bring to the table is, listen, I get it. You're going to have those days where you're like, oh, I am leaving at five o'clock exactly on the nose and I'm going to get to my kid's game, right? Because while I don't have kids, I would have 14 kids waiting in a field Mm -hmm. for me in the middle of nowhere, essentially. And you know, the guys would come up and be like, Hey, I'm like, listen, send me an email. I'll deal with it later. Or no, I'm, I gotta go. I've got kids waiting for me. I've got a classroom of kids waiting for their spiritual guidance for me. Not that they were excited to be there, but, um, (laughs) the upside was the building had horrible Wi-Fi connection still does. So when I got to my classroom, no notifications hit my phone and I could be fully present. And here, while I was serving them, I remember one day I'm racing out of the office and I live 
about over 40 miles from my office to my my home and my church is near my home. So I'm playing the beat the interstate traffic. I'm getting emails and pings from my boss and stuff. I'm completely stressed out. I'm thinking, why am I doing this? I don't get paid for this. These aren't my kids. Mm-hmm. And I went and for the next hour and a half, I was fully present with these kids. And it's great to hear them ask questions as they learn about their faith or anything. And I walked out of that building that night going, this is why I do it. For me, that was a source of joy and energy. Now for other women, that might be horrible. And it'd be like the worst thing ever because they've got to then go home to their own kids or something else. And I'd be like, okay, then that's not a solution for you. Let's find something that does and know that, you know, what's the old expression? Life happens when we make plans. Mm-hmm. So we got to factor in those things that are are going to go wonky, you know, and how to handle as you're trying to rush out. And one gentleman stopped me as I'm literally trying to hand something to our admin and race out the door. And he's like, Virginia, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Bill, you know, can, can this, he goes, I never ask you anything. I go, I've got to get out to CCD. And he is of the same fate. So he knew what I meant. And I'm like, can it wait till tomorrow? And then I felt guilty. And so I've had to learn how to like, you know what? Just because the email pops up now, a response isn't needed now. Yeah. Setting priorities. You know, and I think one thing that's really interesting is, you know, you don't have children, but yet you had other obligations outside Mm -hmm. of work. And had those men knowing you were a mom, um, it might've been different when you were headed mm-hmm. out the door right at five o'clock. Cause they know like you got to pick your kid up at daycare at five Oh one, or you get charged or, you know, um, so it's interesting because I also don't have children and we sometimes get held to a different standard than so women really. who do have children. Cause it's just, you know, a knowing, Oh, well, Susie's got to leave at, you know, four forty eight Cause she has to pick her kid up at daycare. Um, you know, and, and on the flip side, I think sometimes those of us without children hold ourselves to a higher standard because we don't have kids and we're like, oh, well, we should, you know, fill that time with other things. And in your case, you know, it it was, um, um, the hockey or the spiritual guidance. And, and for me, you know, it might be, working longer hours in my own business, Mm -hmm. right. Then like most people would stop at five or six and I might go till nine o'clock at night. Um, so I think that dynamic's also very interesting in this conversation. Yeah. It's funny you say that. Um, because I had a boss who he wrote, he relocated for the opportunity with our firm, but he had kids in high school. So his family didn't, they were in another state. And he knew of all of his directs, I was the only one who was not married and no children. Now I take that back. There was one other, but it was a guy. And they would go (laughs) drinking. (laughs) But so here I'm five o'clock, four o'clock on a Friday afternoon. Like I said, we were in an open environment. So all my male counterparts, they're heading out to get to their families and shutting down for the weekend. My boss would call me at like five o'clock on a Friday, a lot of times he was in his car. Oh, let me run to Chick-fil-A or Walgreens. But be like, oh, I have to run into this. Let me call you right back. And I'm like, dude, 
it's 5.30 on a Friday. Now I'm stuck here waiting for you to call back. I mean, I realized technology, I could have gotten in the car, the call would have right. come to my mm-hmm. phone. But you know, if I did that, Murphy's Law would be, oh, I needed to look something up and I can't do it because I'm driving. And I'm like, so yeah, but my other female counterparts and and those with kids and families waiting for them, I don't think he did that. Because he did right. it pretty regularly with me. So there just wasn't time to be calling them on Fridays. Yeah. And I also was shocked, you know, here, this is the 21st century. And one of my male counterparts, who's been older than me, I remember him and I having a conversation. He had a lot of direct reports over his career who were women. And when they did have children and they would say, oh, I need to adjust my schedule to leave at this time. He looked down on that. He was like, your desire to have a family shouldn't impact. Yeah, he, but he had a stay-at-home wife with his sons. And I was like, well, you also have sons entering the work world, not daughters. I'm like, I wondered how that would change the dynamic. But it shocked me that somebody would have that mindset. Mm -hmm. I was like, really? You know, it's not 1952. It's 2015 or whatever year it was. So, yeah. And so, Virginia, what, you know, when you're working with your clients and helping them um, to avoid burnout, what are some of the strategies that you use um, to help other women? So, uh, my program is the four C's to combat burnout. And that's about connections, confidence, self care, caring for others. Cause women, whether we have kids or not, we're just caregivers yeah, by nature. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then, confines because boundaries threw off the title if I use that word. Um, So I think one of the things I found though, you know, I've read the books and they're all like, block your calendar, leave on time. That works great in theory. But one, because at times we don't carry the confidence we need to, we then allow ourselves to feel shame. Maybe I, you know, I would have to leave a little early in the fall to get to practice. And of course, you can't go in your work clothes to mm-hmm. run a practice. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty obvious I'm leaving in sneakers and shorts. And I felt myself like shrink so that I was almost like, am I getting behind the cubes so nobody sees me leaving at 4.30? Um, I don't know if anybody even noticed, but it was in my own head. And a lot right. of where our, our confidence gets dinged isn't necessarily in that boardroom meeting. It's our own doubt, our own insecurities, and our own reactions to the little comments. One of the biggest shifts that helped me was when I realized the comment or email that I took offense at and was stewing on, I realized it really wasn't about me. It's about where that person was. Mm-hmm. They moved mm-hmm. on with their day. They weren't spending any more time with me. So why was I letting them consume productive hours? And when you think about it, it added up to hours, just doubting and replaying and hashing and being like, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I could have gotten so much more done or been more focused on what I was doing. So it was better quality and I wasn't doing rework or having to send a second email because after I hit send, I realized. Oh, there were two parts to what they needed, and I only answered one. So 
I think a lot of so many of us are guilty of that. Like we stew over how it was written and we try to like get some context out of it that that wasn't even there. (laughs) It was simply a work request. Right. And um, I think so many of us are guilty of playing that over in our head over and over and over. And like you said, you literally lose minutes and hours of productive time thinking about it. And it's worse, right? Because now we communicate so much more in written form between instant message, emails, even with our friends and family, right? It's social media posts and text messages. You know, I found myself starting to do it on a community event. Somebody goes, well, after this event, I'm done with this committee. And I'm like, I'm just the messenger. And then when we had a conversation, they're like, oh, I know it wasn't you. I was frustrated with so-and-so. I'm like, well, here I was getting all... Like, what are you getting mad at me? And they weren't. And so I caught myself and I'm like, you know, just move on. Like, we're all stressed. It's holidays. We're planning a holiday event. And we talked, we were all cool, you know? So, but yeah, the biggest one in terms of work was realizing, I go, his snippy comment was about the day he's having and not me. Yeah. Yep. Or uh, just simply his communication style. I know, I know I'm guilty. I'm a very succinct person. Like I only Mm -hmm. put the information I need in that email. And sometimes it's interpreted as like, I'm being cold or I'm upset with them. And it's like, no, I just need the answers to these three things. That's it. I don't need more than that. (laughs) I'm trying to be efficient. Not Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, no, I've been there. I struggled with that battle too. Well, the firm I worked for, our headquarters was in Florida. So it was very Southern culture. If you didn't respond, thank you, somebody got offended. Yeah. And I got, meanwhile, being an East Coast, you know, Jersey girl, nothing annoyed me more than the thank you all (laughs) all to everybody. Like, I didn't need to read that. (laughs) So balancing the different cultures within a, you know, a national organization you know, oh, wait, they need that. Take the two seconds. You know what? I don't delete, move on. So, yeah. yeah. So, and it's really our, our self-talk and self-doubt. That's the biggest part of it. You know, you read, especially this time of year, right? Um, You know, uh, it's spring and change and it's all, hey, get out and exercise and stuff. We get into the, um, I lost my train of thought for a second there. You know, go ahead and set boundaries and just put that on your time to enjoy the weather. And then we feel guilty. Wow. Right. Yeah. You know, and in, in, you don't have times. And you'll hear a lot of wellness articles that talk about self-care. And, and a lot of times people will think to define them as getting a pedicure, a facial, a massage. Those are great. And I'm all for them, but that's not really caring for you mm-hmm. uh, as a person. Right. They're, you know, they're great. They may be relaxing. I remember talking to a client who she didn't relax in her massage. She would go, but she's thinking about work the yeah. whole time. 20,000 are building up. That's not self-care. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I, I go for regular massages. And when I first started going to my massage therapist, she started chatting. I go, listen, we can chat afterwards. I need quiet right now. 
I need to quiet my mind. So mm-hmm. please don't think it's anything personal. And I just went, and she's like, but, and we're friends now after all these years. It's just, but a lot of people will go and be like, oh, they want to chat. So they feel obligated. They're not getting it. So I'm like, well, then that's not self-care. You don't have mm-hmm. to go spend money on those things. If having to make a manicure appointment stresses you out, and don't do it. <laughs> but if it if it's 30 minutes to listen to your favorite podcast while they do your toes, yeah. Then awesome. But if it's stressful, like I gotta build this into my already full list of things to do on the weekend, don't. I don't care what this the article you read said. It was talking to people broadly, not you. And I think it was your fourth C. Um confine or boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's one of the biggest keys to avoiding burnout. And, and it is a form of self-care setting boundaries and those boundaries can be at work. They can be at home. They can be with mm-hmm. friends or acquaintances. Um, so why don't you talk a little bit about boundaries and Cause some people are really bad at setting boundaries. Like they, like you said, they feel oh, guilty yeah. about setting Absolutely. a boundary. And I think the first thing people come to mind with when you hear the word, you've got to set a boundary is, you know, one from work, you have to leave on time. You have to take lunch or you have to say no, no, that if that's what works for you, great. But that may not be a lot of the boundaries again are with yourself. Yeah. You know, recognizing that I need eight hours of sleep or seven, whatever it is. And I'm setting a boundary that I'm going to leave my device in the other room when I go to bed. You know, that it's not the first thing I grab when I get up. Um, you know, I've heard different clients talk about just changing to a regular alarm clock from the alarm on their phone made all the difference in the quality of sleep. So it doesn't mean you have to say no to things right? The example I shared about, I was freaking out. Why am I volunteering here at church? No, it was good for me, right? Some people might say, no, I can't volunteer here. I can't do this. I can't, I can't take on another project. No, maybe you can, but look at, all right, I'm going to take on this new responsibility at work, this big project. What can I alleviate? You know, I work with executive women. They have staffs. What can you delegate? That one, yes, a lot of us, it's delegate. that fear that if I delegate, I'm I'm not good enough. Shift your mindset that by delegating, you are elevating your team. You're teaching them. You're giving them an opportunity to grow. And I think, especially more for women, we struggle with that. that and then you know, don't micromanage that delegation. <laughs> right. It's just like, let them go. Be the guy, you know. You, you 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 taught your kids how to ride a bike, and at some point you let go of the back. Mm-hmm. You took off the training wheels; they fell down. You helped them when they got up. Why we don't bring that mindset to how we're cultivating our teams at work beyond me. So we also carry that burden of, oh, we've become like Pavlov's dogs. We get meeting requests; we just accept them. And I would see this even in my male colleagues. They walk into a room, and go, "What are we meeting about?" I'm like, "Well, then you're not prepared." Yeah. So stop, read it and say, is this a good use of my time? 
can I delegate it to somebody else on my team where if it's just informational, let them go, let them learn, let them be the exposure and report back to all of us. And I think sometimes we struggle to set those expectations. So it's kind of also looking at the boundaries we set around us, like, oh, I have to do it all. No. Um, I've shared in a few of uh, my articles about if you accepted, every time you accepted a meeting request, you had to put cash on the table, you would be a lot more thoughtful. Yeah. I like you know, that. And I, you can apply that to any spend of your time, right? A lot of times we get personal trainers because if we're spending money and we have a commitment to mm-hmm. another person, we get there as opposed to, I paid yep. my annual gym membership. I don't go, right? Um, so if you think about how everything you put on your calendar or that you let consume time, there's a cost. Are you willing to pay that? And we forget about that. I love to remind people, you can make more money. You cannot make more time. Mm-hmm. So treat it that way. And um, part of my program includes a time audit. Like, where are you spending it? Is it valuable? Are you getting something out of it? Yeah, so important. Um, well, Virginia, this has been a really important topic and I want to make sure people know how to get in touch with you. Um, your website is virginiawalton.com. Mm-hmm. And as always, there is a clickable link in our show notes. So anyone listening can awesome. go there to click through, but Virginia, tell us a little bit about what they'll find on your website and how they can work with you. So one, you'll find all my contact information, right? Because I too want to get a ton of notifications um, and manage them successfully. Um, I do a weekly blog. So you'll find that in videos from my weekly talks on my website. And, uh, you know, for those who utilize LinkedIn, I post content there four or five times a week. So that's another great way to get a hold of me. But yeah, you'll find some, a little bit more detail about my program, the Four C's to Combat Burnout. Um, videos, blogs um, on different topics that are relevant to how we find that balance in life. Wonderful. Well, Virginia, thank you so very much for being here today and sharing with our listeners. Well, thank you so much for having me, Amy. It was really exciting to be here. And thank you everyone for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode and please consider leaving a five-star review wherever you're listening to help others on their own wellness journey, discover this podcast. Thank you all for listening. Have a great day and I'll see you in the next episode.